Delson this morning. Um, uh, Delson, I'm going to ask you to come right now, please. And you, some of you will remember that Delson has been here in the past. Delson is the director of Villages of Hope uh, in Burundi. We've got two villages there. Uh, the first one was started uh, actually through Delson and, and Dennis. And um, when, when we recognized or when they recognized that this was uh, a much bigger undertaking than, than what meets the eye, they got Sergio Bersaglio involved. And uh, so together they had the first village going. And then just in the, just last year, January 2018, we got the second village going, and that really is uh, primarily through Cross Church. So this is, this is what this church has done. So we're going to be celebrating that at the banquet. But uh, Delson not only is the director of the two villages of hope with over 300 kids. How many kids are there? 300 and 351 kids. It's amazing the number of kids that we're taking care of there. But Delson is also responsible for Cross Church Burundi. And uh, right now, there are 47 cross churches in Burundi. So we're so thrilled about that. Delson is a, is a man, which, what we would call a man with, with a huge capacity. So, and again, he would give all the glory to God, but uh, he, this is what he's doing in Burundi. And he's doing it because, because we, as a church, have said, we love you, we support you, we love your country. And uh, we believe you're our brother. So let's, let's welcome this morning. Buona sifue. Hallelujah. Buona sifue is a Swahili word to say praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm so happy to be here today. And um, it's really a layer, honor, and a privilege uh, to be able to stand on this great pulpit and before great people like you and uh, people full of love. I was saying in the first service that uh, as time goes, we are getting to understand why certain things happened when we are still very young. Uh, said when I was very young, I loved uh, Canada very much. We had the kind of a game we played, and uh, I always had to be called Canada, to identify with Canada. And uh, so it happened that if I was not given a chance to be identified by Canada, I was not playing. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Sometimes back has been thinking, why was it like that? I didn't know Canada. I didn't know anybody in Canada. Uh, I just learned from geography and this Canada. And I fell in love with Canada. The country I don't know. The country I don't know anybody in it. So it's really amazing when I come here and they say we love Burundi. Now I love Canada. In Canada, they love Burundi. It's really, it's really amazing. You see what God is doing. Uh, if you are to be able to interpret things the way they happens. So thank you very much for having me. And uh, I'm so happy to be here once again. My second time in Canada. And uh, uh, 
first Sunday to be able to speak uh, from the Word of God with you. And uh, it's really amazing. Uh, I'm married, I have a wife, and uh, one kid, one kid, five years old. So I thank God for my family and uh, count to have so many children because I have more than five people. Uh, five young people I'm keeping in my house for the sake of God. So uh, today we'll be sharing together a message on sacrificial Christian giving. As you have already seen the words on the screen, I'll be referring to First John 3 verse 16 up to 20. If you have your Bibles, you can read or you can flash back on the screen again. But we understand from this scripture that uh, we understand that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for us. Then we ought also to imitate him and lay our lives for others, for our brothers, for our sisters. It's going to say, if you ignore the need of your brother, then where is the love of God? In other words, we are to take care, we are to uh, participate, we are to do something about a brother's need. We are to be brother's keeper. I always believed uh, the reason God put us here on earth it was for a purpose and a responsibility attached to it. And uh, you believe with me, if Jesus wants us to heaven, he can take us, all of us, even today. Amen. We can find ourselves in heaven today, but uh, here we are, you get saved and you still live on this planet earth. It's because there is a responsibility attached to your life. It doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter the age, as long as you are able to breathe, there is a responsibility attached to your life. No wonder Jesus prayed, said, do not remove them from the world, in John 17, but keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, but the mission you have given me, I'm also giving to them. So the mission Jesus came to do is to save, to seek and save the lost so, uh, in trying to uh, contemplate on this uh, sacrificial giving, I thought of a definition I saw on the internet, sacrificial giving being as a deliberate choice uh, to give up that which you love, that which you treasure, that which you value for the sake of something else. You think it's, it's worthy um, doing. So the example we have is Jesus, as we've already seen it in, the, in our verse. Jesus gave up his life for us. God gave his son, the begotten son he had, and he gave it, he gave it away for our sake. And today we are here, we can rejoice, we can talk about the beautiful name, we can talk about the goodness of knowing the Lord. We can talk about the joy of the Lord. 
all started by the sacrificial giving by the Father, God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to uh, talk about these two things. Number one is that the kingdom of God is built on principles of love. The kingdom of God is built on principles of love. Throughout the Bible, you realize that God's love is portrayed and mostly portrayed through giving. As we've already seen that so God, so God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now Jesus goes on to say, if you love one another, you'll be truly my disciples. So we are called to love one another. And he said on the selection day, when he comes, he will, cho- he will choose the goats on the side, the sheep on the other side, and those who are sheep who are supposed to be, have done well, he'll tell them, well done, faithful servants. He'll tell them, come and enjoy the glory of your father. Now, some things he mentioned there down, he said, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was a stranger, you brought me in. He said, I was sick and you visited me. I was in a prison and you came to see me. So if you look at all these, people will be wondering, when did we do that? And Jesus will say, whatever you did for these other ones, these my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Hallelujah. Whatever you do to help another person need, you are doing it to the Lord. The parable of a good Samaritan is another one that proves that we need to take care of our neighbors. We need to think of others. We need to think of their needs and try as much as we can to be able to help. The love of God then is demonstrated through giving to other people. I was saying in the morning that I've never seen God personally. I've never come across God as I've met Dennis. Say, okay, now this is God. Okay, how are you, God? <laughs> Hallelujah. We worship him by faith. So in the morning, I asked Pastor Aaron, he's confirmed, he's confirmed that I've not seen him also. So we worship God by faith. And the thing that proves that we love God, it's because we are able to love our neighbors. We are able to love people that surround us. We are able to love Burundi. Thank you for loving Burundi. God bless you. Amen. So, uh, I want to share a little bit and uh, I'll be giving examples from my uh, personal life because uh, I have no much to share on this great pulpit because I know Pastor Alan is a very good preacher so I cannot compare with him or I can share is from my life because I have lived a life. 
I'm living a life which is not living. So I'm not saying my life is better, but I'm saying I have things I can still share from my life which can be on somehow a blessing to one or two. So why sacrificial giving? Number one, we understand love works. Number two, why should we sacrifice uh, in giving as Christians? Number one is because I believe uh, God, uh, God is the owner of everything. The parable of, a ta- of talents shows that all we, are, we have, we are managing them by they belong to God. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what you don't have. So all you have, they are God's belonging. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So whatever is on this planet, earth belongs to God. Hallelujah. The car you drive, it's God's car. The house you live in, it's God's house. And you are a manager. You are managing God's house. You have, right, you have the right to bring in who you want and to take out who you want because God has entrusted you with that to, learn, to run it on this, in this life. Hallelujah. But remember that house belongs to God and you've got to use it for your own glory, his own glory. I have a, a, a father in Iroh who happened to be a Muslim and uh, he came to my house. I didn't know what to do with him because I'm a Christian. And I and my family, we shall serve the Lord. The Lord of Abraham, the Lord of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That's a God we serve, I and my family. So a Muslim father-in-law, he came to my house and wanted to do some prayers in their style. And they came to me and said, son, in a row, I need somewhere I can do prayers. And uh, he remembered there was a Muslim and said, the God, the God is going to call is a different one. It's not the same one with the God of Abraham, Isaac, Isaac and Jacob. So I told him, father-in-law, with due respect, in this house you cannot worship Muhammad. In this house, only God is to be worshipped. So you should find, please, a mosque somewhere nearby, and you can do the worshipping from there. Because the house I live in belongs to God. I've trained my kids every day. I tell them, if we eat in this house, God is a provider. I really don't take anything for granted. If we can eat, if we can have Food on the table, God has given. Hallelujah. That's why we always have food on the table, because God always gives. Hallelujah. So I tell them, if you can sleep, if you can be able to pay rentals in this house, God is the one paying. So my children, the, the ones I'm keeping, I have five of them in my house, 
They all know that those things are not ours. They are God's and that to be used to the glory of his holy name. Now, we own nothing. Everything belongs to God. It's a minimum respect. It's a minimum, uh, it's a reasonable uh, uh, level of acknowledgement to give sacrificial giving it's a, a minimum it's a reasonable uh, level of acknowledging that God has given me God has given me then I can give back so you are giving your brothers you are giving others you are giving to Burundi that's a reasonable acknowledgement that God is your provider in your life number two is that giving, sacrificial giving is the will of God according to the scriptures. We have in our habits, seven habits of a true Christian follower, uh, a Christ follower, uh, we have number seven, which is giving. So it's really the will of God that we give. In fact, it's a sign of submission. It's a sign that you submit to the word of God you obey God by his word. You can end up being rude when you are receiving a provision from God. I do look at the children when God, you can give them something and you ask them, they will deny you. So when you are not sacrificially giving, we are behaving like little children. When uh, we are giving, we cannot give back. So it's exhibiting again, God's heart, because God is a giver. God is love. God is a giver. When we are giving sacrificially, we are exhibiting God's, God's love. Number uh, four, which is now related to ourselves, uh, our benefits, we, why should we give? It's because give, it shall be given unto you, according to Luke 6.38. Amen. If you give, it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken over. Hallelujah. And then, uh, it's, it's, it's a trigger to call for God's blessing. It's a trigger to call for God's blessing. When you are giving, it's a trigger. You are calling for God's attention, God's blessing, or God's promotion. So it, it triggers that. You can ask Salmon when he wanted an intervention from heaven. He just was just made a king and didn't know what to do. And was just standing, what shall I do? And he got a liberation. He had to go and give a burnt offering, thousand burnt offering. Uh, and God had no choice but to come. So it's, an, it's, it's, it's a trigger. I call it a language which is easily understood in heaven. Uh, sometimes what we say, it's difficult to believe because we own our mouth. We can say what we want. But what we do, it's believed in heaven. So the moment we sacrificially give, God knows, okay, his heart is in this place. So it's really something which is very important. There's another point on this uh, trigger, the, 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 the heaven attention. Uh, it's, it's, it's a strong argument 
It's a strong argument. Remember in Isaiah 41 verse 21, the Bible says, bring your cause, defend your cause. You defend your, 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 your reasons. When you come to God, you defend your reasons. You bring your cause, a strong reason why should you be, should you be ahead. So it's, it's one of those things that helps. Uh, we can refer to many cases like Dorcas case, Canarias. All these are the cases in the Bible. If you have been reading the Bible, you'll be able to understand all these cases attached to the giving. Dorcas was a lady who was always giving to the poor. He helps many widows, helped many orphans. And when it was time for her to die, the widow stood up and said she cannot go. So she went to, they went to uh, Peter and told, uh, defended the case, defended the cause. She said, this person, she's been doing this. She's been helping us. So now there was compassion and somebody has to come back to life. Hallelujah. So it's something which you can say that God really uh, respects that. Another point is that when we are sacrificially giving, we are opening a saving account in heaven. When I'm talking about a saving account in heaven, I don't know if you understand much that because I don't know the banking system here. But uh, where I come from in Burundi, we have, uh, uh, you can open a current account or a saving account. Now, when you open a current account, you can withdraw money anytime. These are the banks we have normally. And you can open a savings account where you put money and you get after many years or after some times. So when you are sacrificially giving as a Christian, you are opening an account in heaven. That's why they say, cast your bread upon the waters and it shall come back to you in due season, in due time. Amen. So you are opening an account in heaven. The other thing is that it it increases confidence and trust for God's um, for your supply and protection. It increases confidence. I want to share a little bit of my story. I lived in Zambia. Zambia is in Africa, southern region. And uh, I went to study in South Africa. So I had money in Zambia. I was doing a business, a business pro, uh, progressing. And I sold everything because I had to sacrifice to do Bible school, then have a chance to save God better. So when I went to school, after selling everything, at some point money finished, all the money I had finished. So I remained without anything in my house. And before, you could remember that before I left Zambia, when I was going to school, I tried to get advice from different people, and people thought I was mad. I was crazy. Because how can a young man, he's doing business, he's fine, he's progressing, and drop the business for the sake of going to the Bible school? It didn't make sense. 
by most of the people, even in Zambia, most of my family relatives, they did not understand. So they ended up thinking I was, I was uh, crazy. I was mad. But I, I used to shake my head. Try to shake my head. Am I okay? Because everybody else thinks I'm mad. Shake my head. Am I okay? Realize I'm okay. It's just a calling. So I had no choice. I went to school. When I go to school, money finished. I have no one to run to. I have no one to run to. I just have to run to God. I remember in those days, I told God, Here you have to see me through, or else I die. Because I have no other, I will not go back without school. And I cannot stay here without provisions. And I remember I was praying the night, it was around midnight. God touched my life. Number one thing that happened is that I went and gave out all the clothes I have. I had many clothes, I have bags of clothes. So I started distributing them to other students who didn't have. So give them clothes, give them clothes, give them clothes. That's what I was remaining with. So when I gave out the clothes, I now waited for what is going to happen. But I kept praying and uh, all my requests, the items I needed, I put on the paper. And I put on my table in my room and waited for what God is going to do. So what happened is that every evening... When I put a paper like that, I'll see different people coming with all the items I've written on the paper. And without communicating to anybody, I don't tell anybody what it is. I don't tell anybody what I need. But people were bringing the things I needed and have just written on, on my paper here. So that, I would say, was the beginning of understanding the workings of God in somebody's life when it comes to provision. I don't have money. I've not spoken to anybody, but things come, I've written my paper. Not just an accident, not just any other thing. The things I've written my paper, they all come. So it was a beginning of increasing my confidence towards God. No wonder could not at some other time I go to Uganda, I get to Uganda, there is no, uh, uh, I don't know, anywhere to, to stay. And uh, people say, you, you, there's a hotel somewhere. I said, I don't have money for a hotel. So the only choice I had then in Uganda was God. So I went out, I looked to heaven. I told God, God, you know very well, I'm not a street kid. I have a business background, and I was a very good business man. I came out of business because of your work. Now here I am in Uganda, and I don't have anywhere to, stay, to sleep. In Uganda, you could imagine my first time in Uganda, people are going, moving around. I'm near Watoto. Watoto, they don't want to receive me. I said, okay, I'm waiting on God. So I just stood outside Watoto, waiting on somebody <laughs> called God. 
to send somebody to come and pick me. I did not talk to a person. But finally, you know what happened? Somebody came. And he paid my hotel without knowing me. The person who paid my hotel, from that time, I never saw him again. I never saw him again. That was my first and last time to see him. But he paid some days in the hotel and some food, and he left. He said, give me a card. Anytime if you have a problem, please call me. And it increased confidence that God is Jehovah Jireh. He can provide in any situation. Amen. Amen. God is a provider. He's our provider, not our work. Not what we do, not our business, not anything else. God is a provider. So it increases confidence to the extent I believed now. Everywhere I will be, God is there. And as long as God is there, there is divine provision. Everywhere in the world. So most of the time we limit ourselves because we really do not have uh, this understanding. We do not have this understanding. So it really becomes difficult for us to be able uh, to trust God for what he can do in our lives. But he's really great and he can do great things. When we met with Dennis uh, in Burundi, Dennis, I think he was told, oh, Africans, they like begging. They like begging. And I said, I'm not here to beg. When I met with Dennis, and he put me on a punishment for two almost two years, he doesn't want to communicate with me. I said, that's your problem. When you, when, you are, when you are ready, you communicate. So that's how what happened. He kept quiet. I kept communicating. But I keep doing my things. It increases trust in God. You are giving. You see God's provision. It builds trust in God. This is something very important we need in our lives. Because it eliminates fear. You live without fear. I tell people back home, if you put me in the plane, take me to China. I don't know how to speak China. That's a language I don't know. I know a number of languages. I can speak a number of languages. French, Kirundi, Swahili, uh, direct in, in Zambia. where. But if you take me to China, where we don't even share, it's, the language is not the same. And open my eyes when I'm in China, I see only Chinese. They're speaking niha, 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 niha. I believe, I have, I'm confident that God will see me through. I'll not be stressed because I don't know anybody. Because I've seen God intervening when I needed him in Uganda. I needed him in Uganda for a room. I said, all these buildings belong to God. 
all these owners of these buildings, they are managing them for God. So, somebody from these God's people must be available to give me a place to sleep. And it happened. Hallelujah. So, there is this increase of trust in God, in God's provision for our lives. You are okay because this country... uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wealthy country. I would say it's different from our country, Burundi, where it's a poor country. It would make sense more when I was saying it in Burundi, maybe, because most people are very poor. And it's difficult to really have the ends meet, to join the two ends from the first to the last date of the month. But I know whatever it is, everybody, everywhere, people are people. People need to trust God for their livelihood because God is a provider. So we, we are so thankful. As I conclude, the love of God is demonstrated through the love of other people. We love other people we demonstrate God's love. How will people know that you're my disciples? If you love one another, you take care of the sick, you take care of the orphans, take care of the vulnerable. I want to really thank you very much, Cross Church, at this point, for your great support towards this work. The work we are doing in Burundi. You've done great things. Lives has been changing in Burundi. I was saying that we have now 47 churches in Burundi in total. And uh, we have 361 kids. Uh, we are taken care of by Village of Hope Africa. And they really, uh, Cross Church has been very uh, major supporter to ensure that is, that is happening. We thank you very much for the discovery of what you are as Christians and for your love you have for Burundian people. All we pray for God's blessing upon your lives as you continue to do what God has called you to do. You are called as a, the, at a, such a time like this to accomplish a, such a big task ahead of you. God bless you very much. We are so, we are so grateful for all donations you do the buildings of the walls of the church, the roofing, the nourishment to the children, the sponsorship, everybody that has a hand in what God is doing in Burundi, we really say thank you very much. If you can allow me, I would like to pray. I'd like to pray with you so that God will always remember the sacrifice you've been making to the glory of his holy name. Father in heaven, I want to say thank you for your love and kindness. Thank you for allowing me today to stand this pulpit, sharing with your people the great things you are doing in Burundi and elsewhere in the world. Thank you, Lord, for each one of them. Thank you for this church for being part of what you are doing in Burundi. Lord, 
We don't know what you can say. But let your blessings be upon their lives, their families. Individually, on the family level, at the church level. We need, Lord, that you may bless them. We ask you of you, Lord, that you touch their lives. If they are touching lives of many children, many orphans, many uh, uh, widows, may you also touch their lives. Let them see you when they need you. Let them see your hand, Lord, as they have been part of what you are doing across the, across the country. We thank you, Father. We honor you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Can we just say thank you to Dallas and really listen? God, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. So let's stand together and uh, we're going to pray a dismissal, God's benediction upon you. And again, if you haven't got tickets yet, I think we've got three tables left for Friday. I think Saturday may be full. Although I might have a few spots at one of my tables. So if anybody wants to sit with a pastor, a couple spots open. Father, how good you are to us. Thank you for the reminder that our brother Delson has shared with us today, that when we trust you, by giving. It really is a step of faith. That really is the evidence, God, that we put our faith in you, is that we're prepared to give. And your word shows us so many examples of generosity and kindness. In fact, our Lord has taught us to give, and it will be given unto us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God, may we be that kind of a giver. Jesus said, God loves a cheerful giver. So help us, God to take these steps of faith that our brother Delson has shared with us today and the wonderful examples of ways that you've provided for him while he's in other countries. And yes, God, we believe that you'll take care of us in China too. So we thank you for that, Lord. So we commit this day to you. And Father, may tonight be just a glorious time of fellowshipping together with you. And we pray that... uh, that we'd have lots of people come out tonight to have communion together, to worship together, and to pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said it? Amen. Tell the person beside you, we'll see you tonight. <laughs>